Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. ¿Qué pasa, campeones? Welcome to the Churros y Tácticas podcast. It's Monday, the 3rd of April. We are back once again with another edition for all of our listeners, not just the Patreon. But let me tell you something. If you're not a Patreon yet, God damn, are you missing out on some fun? I had a lot of fun on Friday, Keon. You missed out, buddy. But uh, it was a good one where I got to speak to our Patreons. It was fun because I went over our uh, exit surveys. Needless to say, <laughs> my friend, <laughs> there was not a lot of football to talk about, so I did that. Uh, needless to say, <laughs> this was something that I wanted to bring up. There's a reoccurring pattern. Whenever people seem to unsubscribe, from Churros Patreon and leave a reason as to why, guess what, guess what or who the reason is? Me. Yes, indeed. It is you. God damn it. You are the reason why we have people running away from this bot, Keon. It's just something about you, man. Something about you. It's like all these far-fetched conspiracy theories and Yep. You know, this 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 that's me incoherent ramblings and they're not digging it. They're not digging it. So uh here it is. I broke the news to you. I figured I'd share it with you. I'm sorry. This is see this as an intervention of some sort. Because <laughs> because it's no, it was fun, man. I, I was cracking up. It was really funny. But uh yeah, I guess the reviews not- were amazing. The reviews were, yeah, they were. I, I, to the point where I actually had to ask you a genuine question. Should I just leave? Should I just stop joining you on the podcast? <laughs> I think it's better when it's just you. We don't get these kinds of reviews from me or me and you, but you solo is well, a different beast. Well, if there's, if there's one thing that has become brutally and utterly clear from our exit surveys is that me doing this alone 
would leave us with very little patrons, my friend. So no, I disagree. Uh, the I answer think, to I that think, is no. I think what's clear about this when you couple the exit surveys with the reviews in the last podcast, what it means is that you're polarizing, which is a good thing. It means you're either hated or loved, which is where <laughs> mm-hmm. you need to be. Because if you're just someone who's drawing neutral or apathetic reactions, that means you're not interesting enough. So I think it's a good thing. What we could do, maybe is maybe this is my pitch to you, completely uh, putting you on the spot. Maybe you should just add in a solo show, a third show every week. I could do that. I could do that. Not that I have a, a whole bunch of... Well, you know what? We could start doing that once the season winds down and uh, and when I will have more time because, um, yeah, something tells me I will have more time soon. Take that as a, a spoiler. More news for you, Kian, <laughs> once we're not recording. But I do have some things I need to share. So, you know, I, I would be down with that. I, and quite honestly, I do enjoy it. You know, I mean, I started this whole thing with obviously D-Spot, which, is, which was me rambling by myself. So um, uh, it, it is something that I enjoy. And it was really very humbling and just great to see the feedback from the community and seeing that it resonated, that they enjoyed it, that it was entertaining. And... uh Lighthearted. I mean, it's, it's, it was a lighthearted show. Like I said, it was almost going to be a, th- from my memory, the first churros where football was not discussed, but like in the last, in the final 10, 15 minutes or so, I did touch upon a few topics, uh, just in case. I was like, I don't know how this is going to land if I don't talk about football at all. So I, I kind of shoehorned it in there. Um, but yeah, it, glad, I was very glad to see. Like I said, it was humbling. It was gratifying to see you guys' comments. So thank you for everybody that enjoyed the Patreon edition. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, those sessions are sort of mixed with music and uh, different topics and issues are are discussed and brought forward. On this occasion, it was the exit surveys, which which were a big cause for amusement, at least on my part. And um, yeah, was happy to see that that. Again, it was well received, but you were missed. You you were missed. One of the comments. Sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, one of the comments said, um, "I forget who it was. Maybe I should bring it up." But one of our patrons commented just how good of a friend you've been throughout all these years. <laughs> uh, I think. <laughs> And he was right to point that out. But he was like, man, Kian's been such a good dude. You know, I've just been having your back whenever you've been feeling down. He's been there, a shoulder to lean your head on and your therapy sessions. And you, he's never, you know, like, uh, we say here, he's never, uh, like, kind of poked, you know, poured salt on the wound, I guess is, is how you would say it in English. And he's been a dude. And I was like, yeah, man, he's been I a fucking you. homie. Like, I, I, yes, you do. You do. It's well, been I don't, six like, years, Mark. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but for me, like, because I didn't really grow up in like, it's like maridistas and kules, like separate. All of my best friends growing up were kules and still continue to be. Like, I went to dinner this weekend with three of my good friends, um, two of them massive kules. And, 
they're just like I'm constantly surrounded by Kool-Aids constantly. And so like I just like I never saw like I didn't I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like it it mm. just provides for good banter, which I think fuels the friendship. Because if you don't have banter in your friendship, then are you really friends? And so like mm. to me, like I just never really cared for that reason. Um Does that make sense? It does a hundred percent, but um, you're, it's also you're in your nature. It's it's how you are. You just you're a good dude, and and you've been a good friend. There's no doubt about that. Um, Got you. I appreciate it. And like I said, six years mm-hmm. in running, as as crazy as as it sounds. And I wanted to double check, so I scrolled all the way down to the first exit survey, and um, the first one with a comment was in 2018, but we had a few already in 2017. So there right. it is. It's official. Six yeah, years and running. Crazy. That's and, crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, and here's to six more years. So you're here. We got a big game coming up on Wednesday. Yes, we do. And I feel the same way as I did for the last like two preview pods, especially the last one. What more is there to say? <laughs> How many times well, do you, you the same game? So you, maybe you want to go over it, but you sent me a, a text message yesterday with the managing Madrid's uh, El Clasico starting 11. I assume right. this was yours, your yes. starting 11. Yeah, right, I the tweeted tweet that. that you put out. You want me to read it out? Please. So a classical starting 11, according to Kian, is Courtois in the three sticks. Controversy, controversial already from the, from the start. No. Uh, Carvajal Militao, Alaba Nacho in the back. Camavinga cross Modric, Modric. Fede, Vinny, and Benz. Subs, 80th minute. Rodrigo and Ceballos. 10 minutes of attacking football. A we deserve to win speech from Carlo in the post. And you go on to saying, don't take this tweet seriously. I'm just being grumpy, but I get a sense because you sent that to me that you are feeling pretty serious about this. You are a little bit downtrodden and you're fearing that this will be another repeat of the other Clásicos that we've seen so far. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) I just... uh... Everything, like, being very, very careful because we were playing against Valladolid. Uh, shout out to Pacheta, who was sacked today. That's t- pretty harsh, if you ask me. Um, Yikes. Right in the relegation battle. Maybe they're hoping that a new manager can come and give them some life. But they were also had some injuries yesterday. Like, what do you expect? But with that being said, as bad as Real Valladolid were, it did confirm to many of us who have been crying out for ages, Rodrigo needs to start. It's a totally different team with him on the field. It's not dependent on Vinicius. It creates space for Benzema and Vinicius. It provides you with an, a third attacking threat from the wing or centrally. And I just putting him on in like the 75th, 80th minute when you're losing is not enough. You need more. You need to increase your chances of scoring and winning. And you can't leave it to a 10-15 minute stretch. Now, there is maybe optimism that because of the way Real Madrid played yesterday that Ancelotti will change. 
He said something yesterday. And because that, you guys need to score. And because you guys are down 1-0. Yeah, but I don't know if Carlos sees it that urgent. And I'll tell you why. He said Hmm. something interesting in the post-game press conference last night where he said, you know, that Wednesday game could go 120 minutes. So, because he was talking about, like, you know, should Rodrigo start or not? I think he was kind of implying that you might need to save the subs if in case it goes into extra time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like to be quite honest with you, as much as you need to win it, obviously, and you're down one nothing. One nothing is not like three nothing. You know, you could play conservative and hope for a goal to equalize before ninety minutes. I'm not saying that that's how you should approach it. I'm just saying that there is an argument that that it'll be approached that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The fact of you sending this to me. Um, mm-hmm. which you've been doing this lately, at least for these last few classicals. Yeah. Is it wh- why do you share it with me? Is it to kind of allow me to feel more comfortable? Is it because you're so frustrated and you need to vent that that's kind of a way to? your old man screaming at the clouds kind of thing. Um, you know, you have a massive platform, your your Twitter account. You have Managing Madrid as well, from where you obviously sent that tweet. Are you trying to kind of maybe talk it out of existence by, by, by sharing it with, maybe you send it to your other Kule friends as well? Is, is that kind of what your mission is? Yeah, I am trying to talk it out of existence and jinx it. And but also covering my bases to say kind of I told you so if we lose it's because of this. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to lose sending these. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but I'm also curious to get the flip perspective of this. Because I've been saying for quite some time, I've said it for uh the first classical, which was the first leg. The second class coach was the league one. And now this one, I'm saying the same thing like an idiot. We have to use this opportunity to give a psychological blow to Barcelona and use it to fuel the rest of the season. I was way too naive in the first two games thinking that that was an option. But tell me, can you list off the players who are not playing for Barcelona on Wednesday? Keeping in mind that, to be honest, Ramja have their own problems. Mendy is out again. We have no left back in the squad. But the Barcelona injuries, like in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong, it would be inexcusable to lose against Barcelona, given their state. Inexcusable. I really believe that. I wouldn't forgive it. Why? Have these players have, I mean... Okay, Elche, Elche is a tough one to go by because obviously there we started with Ansu and Ferran Torres, which arguably, well, one of the two. Ferran has been getting some minutes, but with, with um, you know, Rafinha not playing. More importantly, It was Elche. clear that he was going to... And it's Elche, of course, yeah. You had Eddie Garcia 
in for Busquets the first time in in his professional career at Barca at least in in that position. So it was quite a experimental lineup and given Elche given that they're you know as good as relegated, I mean they're well clear of 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 saving themselves. They're they're bottom of the league standings. This was a good this was the game where Xavi was able to to uh, implement these kind of uh, changes, quite drastic changes, radical changes, if you will. But <clears throat> assuming and taking into account that the likes of Busquets will be fit, um, you have Robert Lewandowski, Busquets, either Ansu or Ferran Torres up front. Pedri is not officially out, but he is, meaning it's not official but you know all signs are showing that he will not make it so you could very easily see a midfield that consists of the likes of of Gavi we'll have to see with Frankie de Jong I don't think he'll make it I don't know we have no official statements yet all that will become clear tomorrow whether he will be available but imagine it will be Gavi Sergi Roberto Busquets. And so, uh, Busquets, of course, right. So so maybe, I mean, Gabi Kessie Busquets or Gabi Sergi Busquets. I think he would choose Roberto over Kessie. Would also, Sergi Roberto, some, for some reason, just plays at a different level in the Classico than he does in, in every other game. He goes <laughs> he, against Real Madrid, he plays his best football. So... Uh, okay, when I said that, I was assuming I, that Pedri and Frankie and I think Christensen and Dembele, those are the four that are out. I just assumed Frankie yeah. was not making it back. Maybe that's not true. but I, To my account, or to my knowledge, I should say, it, it's not official yet. Okay. But you're... But, uh, I see where Madridistas are coming from, as in, you know, you look at a midfield that is missing those key players that you just mentioned, and you're like, man, we have to smash them. I mean, we have to smash them. This is our chance to deliver that psychological blow. And and quite honestly, Kian, I think something big will happen. I feel everybody I have spoken to are sort of, in, I wouldn't say indifferent, but they're not expecting a high quality from a football perspective, from a football point of view, a high quality match. I don't dispute that. I do think it's going to be entertaining, and I think it's going to leave jaws left wide open. Which they, which way will the coin fall? That's what I'm not certain of. I do think it's going to land some sort of you know moral boost or psychological blow depending for for which team you're rooting and why i don't know i just feel like there's nothing it's the third classico in a month uh, people are kind of you know they're already seeing the end of the season we're in this final stretch i mean it, it's a cup match it's the semi-final of the copa del rey it's important but with the players out and I don't know, I just don't feel that there's much hype. I don't feel there's much excitement. I don't really feel like people are really ilusionado, as they say in Spanish, really, yeah, say joyfully 
looking forward to this match, whatever the reason may be, this is just my hunch. But I feel like something is going to happen that is that that is going to leave us stunned. And whether it be whether it'll be like an emphatic win by a big goal margin for Los Blancos or a late dramatic winner or Barca, you know, get through um, in, in, in similar uh, circumstances, I, that remains to be seen. But, but you know, I, I can see why Madridistas would feel that this has to be the chance to uh, deliver a massive psychological blow to Barca and, and, and lift the spirits for Real Madrid heading into the, the quarterfinals. Is it of the Champions League against... I mean, I mean, let's be honest. You guys are already in the semis of the Champions League. You don't no. need a massive psychological... Come on. If there's any team right now that is downtrodden and morally defeated, it's fucking the team that has changed managers two times in one season. And which may all actually, the players that are... Which may actually work in their favor against us. Um, you know, the new ma- manager bounce, they get some psychological momentum for whatever reason. It, does that work for the second the time in one season? I don't know. But I, I don't... Generally, I don't you, like it. When, when you heard that news, favorites. you must have liked it. No, I kind of thought that news, different you... to it. I mean, really? I... Put it this way, I just don't think it's a great thing that Real Madrid are favorites heading into ties for whatever reason. Um, maybe some complacency kicks in, but no, that, I'm, I'm not taking that for granted at all. But uh, I guess like you, you know, you mentioned that it's possible if, you know, Real Madrid wins by several goals. That's just not something that Real Madrid does in a Clasico. When was the not last yet. time? yet. There has to be a moment. Supercopa? 2017. Like a 3-1. 3-1. But it's, well, I, don't, I can't one, remember that, the last time it was a three-goal margin. Do you? I think that's the one you're... Yeah. I mean, the Supercopa is the one that always Well, that was over two legs. It was the 5-1. Over two legs, yeah. 5-1? Right. It? Yeah, five, over two legs, but yeah. not in one game. Um, look, I, I don't... I, I don't need to act too spoiled and ask too much. A win is fine. Just win. <laughs> If you don't want to be get, win by four or five goals, I'm okay with it. As long as you win, that's but you that have to fancy the... your chances. You yeah, gotta but I fancied be, our like, chances in the first be... two games too. Hmm. And uh, I was I was naive in that. And part of my skepticism is uh, one thing that I feel like Ancelotti needs to improve in. Like, for example, when we faced Chelsea last year in those two legs, one of the things I really like about Tuchel is that he really studies what's happening on the field and makes adjustments right away. And I I really respect Tuchel. I think he's a footballing genius. And he made some really great tweaks at halftime at Sanford Bridge. And then he also made really good tactical adjustments based on what he saw in the first leg. And based on that, those adjustments, Chelsea went up 3 nothing against us. And I don't think Ancelotti does that. I think Ancelotti is like, this is my lineup, copy and paste. We rested Modric and Fede uh, against Valladolid. They'll probably start. And I'm totally okay with those two starting, don't get me wrong. I want Fede to start in midfield and not right wing because it takes away the Rodrigo spot. Um, And I just don't know what... um, That's where I'm skeptical. I will say it's great that 
we got a good confidence booster, like Benzema hat-trick, something he really needed. That was great. All three goals were great too. Rodrigo played well. It was a good confidence-boosting weekend for us, but it all goes to waste for me if if we don't use that to beat Barca because who cares that we won 6 nothing in the league otherwise when the league is done. So, yeah. The skepticism I think comes you might be how, pre- how Ancelotti will line up. I get it. I get it. I, I think you might be pleasantly surprised. I, I don't know why. Having this, like I said, a hunch or an inclination, like something that tells me that, um, that this game is going to be remembered. Uh, and for what reason, I don't know. But I feel like it's just kind of flying by our radar. You know, we're two days away. Nobody's really been talking about this Clásico uh, in the build-up of it. You know, Chabi, all the questions would normally be centered around the Clásico. Wasn't really the case. The, and that's probably a good thing. I'm not saying that. But it, it, it just kind of like, you know, you kind of start getting goosebumps or butterflies in the tummy uh, days in advance, or at least I, I do, but, but I'm not getting that. And and uh, and then this quiet before the storm makes me feel unsettled a little bit and, and not trusting the situation. I don't know. And with all the players that we're missing, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm flipping kind of negative on this one. I, I, I think we might see uh, Madrid advance to the final and, 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 I don't know if you could call it an upset, but cause an upset or, you know, cause many culés to be upset <laughs> come come Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be an upset, but people will be upset. No, but no. Do you think yes. when when you saw Benzema's hat trick, did that worry you at all? Like, oh, well, this guy hasn't played well all season. And then he all of a sudden did that or did you not I mean, care because it was by the lead? It was by, it's like saying, well, Lewandowski's back to scoring ways after getting a brace against Elche. It's like, okay, great. Uh, right. Good. But, that, but good. I think it's like, to me, it's less about like who you were playing and who we were playing and more about regardless of if you were playing, um, you know, 1970s Brazil or if you were playing Elche and Valladolid, that's just confidence for the next game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, of course. I would have preferred uh, Benzi to continue in a slump uh, leading into this match, but uh, the fact is is that he found his the best version of himself and capitalized on his chances. Uh, chances that he also had in, in the Clásico and the one in the league, I want to say. I mean, he had the first chance after like 20 seconds, right, that hit the side net. Um, maybe that game would have turned out completely different had it gone a few more centimeters to the right and actually gone past Ter Stegen. And after, you know, that momentum would have maybe shifted already early on in the first half. Who knows? I don't, you know, it's, it's obviously good for, for Madrid. It's a massive win. Uh, six goals to nil. It's good for Benzema, who didn't play during the international break to, you know, head into this Clásico feeling like I still got it and he got his rest. Um, and he's he's another factor to take into account after sort of not, you know, being a non-factor 
in the last uh, two Clásicos, in particular in the, in the one in the league, I would say we didn't see anything from Benzema and little, f- well, I mean, little from Vinicius. I, I, Vinicius in that game was was the one I would say that was trying the hardest for Madrid. Um, I, that, but, I don't think get it the got job talked done, so. about enough. Um, maybe it rightfully didn't get talked about enough because Real Madrid lost, but that was probably the best we've seen of Vinicius he versus Araujo. Yeah. Yes, that's Which fair was, to say. Yeah, did we record a post game classical podcast last time? No, you avoided it uh, for <laughs> days, and then oh, okay, we can't. <laughs> then... We we for whatever reason, after every classical, <laughs> it's we, do this. Uh, we can't make that mistake again this week. No matter what, I don't care if I'm on an airplane or dying in the hospital. I you know we have to record that. Um. I want to ask the you. The funny thing is, I will, I will be away. It's, it's uh, Semana Sante. I will record, but I will be away. Well, I don't care if it's Semana Sante or <laughs> Semana, <laughs> Semana. Or, or the goddamn aliens finally reveal themselves. Whatever. I don't care. Just, uh, we got to record. Uh, okay. Would you consider this season successful for Barcelona? Right now. If, if we own. If we only win the league right now, it, yeah, yes, highly, highly successful for sure. What would your um? This is completely hypothetical, but would your assessment of this season being a success change if Real Madrid won Copa and Champions League? No, I mean no, because I would be assessing Xavi and and his achievements and how the team has looked under him and, and how we've performed in quote unquote big games. Um, so, you know, I would have to take into account, of course, this second leg at the Spotify come. No, if we go out playing the exact same way that we did in the Bernabeu, uh, yeah, that would have an effect that would certainly have, that would certainly alter, let's say how, how I would, how I would judge and evaluate Xavi, the coach, in these kind of situations. Now, now it, it is also true, of course, that yes, we are heading into this game with so many key players missing that it, you could argue, well, it's it's just simply not fair to expect and unrealistic to expect Xavi to play tiki-taka or to, you know, compete against Madrid for possession when he just doesn't, literally this time, doesn't have the players to do so if Frankie, Pedri, etc. are out of action. Um, and, 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 and I do think that that has, that has to be taken into account. So, um, I'm, you know, Madrid winning the Copa in the Champions League would be a downer. Yeah. As it always is whenever Madrid wins the Champions League. My feelings or judgments of Xavi would have to, you know, take into account, of course, the way he decides to come out and play uh, now on Wednesday. But overall, with the cup, leaving the cup aside, I think what he has achieved in the league, you know, He's not, if anything, at the moment, he's not getting enough credit for it. So, yeah. 
Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's correct. I, I suppose maybe I can, re- I should have reworded the question in that, you know, whatever happens, I, I think Chavi's been a success because you're measuring what he's doing. Uh, and then there's the injuries. I suppose you're disappointed that you didn't do as good in the cup than you did in the league. Uh, I guess the question is more like, and again, this is a stupid discussion anyway, but it's uh, it's one of those things that I I think it would be interesting if it happened theoretically, like who would who would have had the better season, Barcelona or Real Madrid? Who's the best team in Spain, Barcelona or Real Madrid? And um, what would the cover of Sport be the next day if Real Madrid won the Copa and Champions League? <laughs> uh, but we're so far away from I was just kind of interested in the hypothetical conversation of that it would probably it would probably be something along the i'll tell you exactly what the cover would be it would be messi is question de horas it would be like messi is gonna happen in a matter of hours it would be something along those lines yeah you know did you um divert the attention look the other way did you see that he was booed again by yes. PSG fans. I don't like I don't really want Messi back at Barca. Although maybe it's good for the league. Um I don't enjoy playing against Messi, but if it means PSG are unhappy because they they, they don't get to retain Messi, then go for it. <laughs> that just I don't understand. Anything and why are they booing him? Because because he's the fault of what exactly? I mean, he his numbers like again. I don't want watch QSG games, but his numbers seem. I Messi Messi numbers. I think we talked about this before, but I think their perception was that he saved everything for the World Cup and not for them, and uh, and probably also well, and and probably also because. There's been rumors of him leaving and going back to Barca. I don't know. Uh, either way, I think they're yeah. out of their minds. But uh, Well, dude, i tell you what. Friday, when I heard Rafael Juste, the vice president, openly say, and then Xavi afterwards in the press conference say, yeah, yeah, we're talking with Messi all, all the time. <laughs> like, we're, we're definitely trying to convince him to come back. I was like, holy shit. This is now just out in the open. It's on blast. What I don't know, and I saw this quote, I don't know if it was an April Fool's, uh, joke or not, but a quote from Kalaifi saying, you know what, uh, we're fine with Messi going back to Barca. In fact, uh, we wish, I'm going to misquote this, but, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, we're fine with him leaving back to Barca because we're disappointed in him. And it goes to show we should have gotten Ronaldo instead because he would have won us a Champions League. I, as I'm saying this, this has to be in a, this has to have been a, in a, an April Fool's joke. I haven't seen it. But it, it. Was, it was posted on the 2nd of April. Like, I double-checked the date, and it was April 2nd. So, uh, like, on one hand, I could see somebody like Kalaifi make a statement like this. On the other hand, it would be insane for him to do so with a player that is still under his contract. Yeah, that, I mean, well, nothing is insane for that guy, but I haven't seen that quote. But uh, this is a hot take, maybe. But I don't think it's a crazy idea to... to, to it's not a terrible thing for them to lose Messi from a sporting perspective because that team just has too many stars up front who don't defend. So 
you know, it's probably better to surround Mbappe with just 10 really hardworking players who contribute on both ends of the field than it is yeah. to have Neymar yeah. and Messi and, and Mbappe. Of course together. it is. Of course it's yeah. better. Of course it's better, bro. 100%. And seeing as they cannot offload Neymar anywhere, um, yeah. it would make it would make perfect sense for for, for Messi to uh, to be the one that, that leaves that club because he would bring them nothing... Look, Messi doesn't defend. Uh, I would be very interested to hear Xavi, who is now is openly admitted that he has conversations with with Messi, and now the newspapers, of course, are reporting that Xavi is already planning next season with Messi in the squad. I would love to know the conversations yeah. between a Messi and a Xavi, because Xavi, if there's one thing that he exige, that he demands from all his players, is the work rate, the intensity, you know, that effort, defensive effort, uh, something that Messi doesn't do. Yeah. So not now so anyway. How, when he was younger, he was right. A pressing no, no, machine. no, no, no. Yeah. Sure, we're we're talking now. Yeah, yeah. That that that's another conversation that becomes really interesting. Where do you play him? You know, Xavi has fast wingers on both sides who can run and um, <coughs> and help their fullbacks. Um, so Messi would have to play a different role probably, and someone else really talented will have to to sit. So it'll be interesting to, if that. If we get there, I think that's a that's an interesting conversation to have. You want to talk about all this noise, the Barca statement today about Tebas, and I don't know if you saw that Seferin had some quotes too. Do you want to go there, or is that for patron sure. edition? Yeah. Okay. Cool. No more. No longer. Barca statement Nothing today. Is off Can limits. you explain it? Right. So um, to give you some, to give the listeners some context, La Vanguardia a highly esteemed, reputable newspaper from the area of Barcelona put out a article where they show, they exhibit, they prove that Javier Tebas actually had submitted raw, a... a false evidence, basically, to a public prosecutor to incriminate Barca. This was actually discovered by an intern at Mundo Deportivo. Hmm. What had happened was that Tebas, who presented this false evidence to the public prosecutor, confused names. It was as simple confused. as that. It was a, Knew what he was, it was doing. It was <laughs> And thereby, you know, try to wrongly and incorrectly and falsely incriminate Barca, which obviously, you know, uh, caused anger, dismay, indignation amongst uh, the club, Football Club Barcelona. And they released a statement where Juan Laporta demands Javier Tebas to come out publicly immediately to apologize and to resign from his position as president of La Liga Santander. Um, obviously, that's not going to happen. It would be interesting to see Javier Tebas explaining himself. He did. He in further depth. He in further depth than the tweet. Right. Oh, okay. In, in well, he basically said it's uh, incorrect. Right. He basically said it was fake news. That the Mundo I, I didn't see. Wrong. I, I'm gonna full disclosure. I actually didn't see his tweet. Okay. Uh, yeah, I he said 
if I can just pull it up here, maybe I'll even share my screen. But he he basically said um, it's fake news. So that this entire article is fake news, is it? Yeah. He just um, he just denies yeah. he the allegation. He just, I mean. Hashtag fake news. He, he went Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. Fake he, news. It's fake news. Fake news, people. He doesn't strike me as a figure who would come out and admit that he was wrong and apologize. So no, no, no. I did. Yeah, right. No, I. Uh, I just maybe he would like uh, slamming it down as fake news. Yeah, I, I'm more curious to that. Is is he just calling it fake news straight up, going full Donald Trump mode, or is he trying to say well, 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 and trying to justify his actions because I think it's pretty clear that he presented this to the public uh, prosecutor, and I don't, I don't think there's any tampering um, with the evidence or with the report that was put forward by by La, La Vanguardia. I think that would be pretty right. hard to just qualify or or, or um, um, label as fake news. Um, he's been tweeting some other stuff since. I just want to say that. I don't think there's so much wrong with the system. And I think it's really, really disappointing and sad and devastating for, for all of us who just love football and La Liga that it's run by just a complete big baby. And, mm. and there's no like solution in sight because you, the big baby. Needs well, the to thing is, it can't, what, what, what I, and sorry to the, the jump in here. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just completely cut you off. Just, no, it's just all good. finish your thought. No, I, I, what I want to know, I mean, what I would like to others to at least acknowledge is that as of today, at this point in time, March or what are we, April 3rd, how long has this been going on? It feels like an eternity. I don't know if it's been a month since this allegation was put forward that Barça was paying Negreira X amount of money to get favorable call, basically paying off referees. As we stand today, Barca is not guilty of paying referees. There's no proof that Barca has paid off referees. There's no proof of that. Well, clarify, we go over clarify Glossop- what you're saying. There's there is proof of money being sent in Negrera. Correct. Yeah, but you're saying no, it's not and, proven that and, they and, and the fiscalia so. Right, because even the so the, the Spanish judi- judicial systems have right now and Hacienda and 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 everybody that's basically had a look at this. I I, I do understand that investigations are still going on. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if this is public knowledge, but but Joan Laporta is believed to hold a to be holding a press conference regarding this affair, April tenth or eleventh. But right now, even the Spanish legal systems or the authorities have said, well, payments were made to Negreira for refereeing reports, and these are those, here are those reports. There's no evidence that referees were paid to make calls in favor for Barça. And Amañar, right, like, and, 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 uh, uh, and fix La Liga results in favor for Barca. 
Um, I just want to clarify that me calling Tebas a big baby has little to do with even what to, what happened today. Like, I think it's like just, and who knows what's going to ultimately happen with the Negrera case. I don't know. But I just find it really, really bizarre that, like, I don't think I've seen this in any other sport, any other league, where the president just constantly comes up publicly to fight with another team. It doesn't, it's really weird. He even asked our president to resign. He said, actually said that Laporta should resign. I mean, who the fuck, who, who is he to demand something like that? President of a league demanding another president should resign, you know? Yeah, and... um It's insane. You would never see that in a Premier League. Some of this has to do with maybe Barca backing out of the CVC deal. Um, of course. I, it's just frustrating that there's no solution in sight because the president sucks. The federation sucks too. Rubiales sucks. <laughs> UEFA sucks. PSG sucks. Everybody sucks. I just, it's really annoying that there's like, we can't figure this out. It needs to be torn down completely. Um, I don't know if you saw Seferin's quote today. The Did big reset. The big reset has to happen. Yeah, I saw it. some quotes. Yes. Um, so Seferin said that, quote, the Negrera case is extremely serious. It's one of the most serious I have ever seen. For La Liga, the matter mm-hmm. is time barred and has no competitive consequences. Proceedings are ongoing with the Spanish Civil Prosecutor's Office. But for UEFA, nothing is time barred. I don't know what that essentially um, means for Barcelona's fate in Europe. But this is another quote that he said. Quote, it is interesting to point out that the three clubs that are going to save football in the Super League, one is in criminal proceedings, another is being investigated for paying leaders for the refereeing organization, and we will see if the third one also has something. Which to me, this is what that means. They don't care about anything. We're going to find something. Well, well, they don't care about finding anything wrong with Manchester City or PSG. Because these mm. guys were not involved in the Super League by the end of it. Mm. But I think mm. that what they're trying to do is, okay, let's, let's go and find something about these three. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing an investigation thoroughly on Real Madrid somehow, somewhere to try to find something. If they'll find something or not, I have no idea. But... Um, they were pretty successful with Juve and Barca, at least finding something or at least creating something. And just come out and say it. Like, it just, you basically said that, but just come out and say it that you hate these three teams for the obvious reason. And you're going to ignore everything else, including your own corruption. There's a lot of hypocrisy in this whole thing. I'm of not course. excusing anything that anyone is doing wrong. I'm just saying that, like, the whole system sucks. That's all. Mm. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's a, it's a game of chess right now. When I said that this story, the entire affair between all these organizations and institutions reads or, or you know, is unfolding like a mafia drama thriller, it's the truth. I mean, I, I know I often bring this docuseries up, but you just have to watch that docuseries, The War for Football, the creation of the Super League. 
on Apple TV. I know some of our patrons have watched it and they will and, and have agreed or have shared their feedback saying it's it's a must watch. It's an eye opener. And you see, you have two bandas. There's there's well, I say two sides, not not so much two sides. There there's many sides and each one are fighting their own wars, whether it's with each other, against each other. Um it's fascinating. I mean it, it's an ongoing battle, an ongoing war, but uh it's it's you know, there's so much money at stake as well. At the end, that's what it comes down to, Kian, you know? It's just it's it's money. Yeah. And self interests. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Diego, I gotta go in five minutes. Anything you yes, want to buddy. prioritize in the last five minutes? Uh just for our listeners to become a patron. It's mm. a lot of fun, the Friday pods. And um, the more the merrier we hang out, we take your questions, address your comments, and uh, just try to make it a little different, a little bit more creative, entertaining. And so if you're not a patron yet, don't know what you're doing, you got to sign up. You got to sign up. 100%. And the classical post-game podcast will we'll be, be paid yeah exactly patron only <laughs> this was a this reminds me uh another exit survey was i just came to listen to kian roll his r's after the classical and hear diego's passionate uh like rebuttal or whatever the fuck it was so well one of them i remember <laughs> seeing before and it was like not enough r's or something that was one of the exit surveys <laughs> I think it was probably someone who was disappointed with me after a classical win or something that uh, I wasn't I wasn't ruthless enough. On the last patron uh, podcast that you did, it's twenty seven comments. I can't remember the last time. <laughs> Again, none of the ones were just me. Which me and you together get that kind of engagement. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. That's where you get access to it. And again, it's it's the 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 safe space where Diego and I can talk about anything. Mostly Diego can talk about anything. Uh I don't necessarily <laughs> hold back. I'm just kind of a tame person to begin with. So it's not like you hear me going to another level of conspiracies and and uh, calling and don't believe it on the Kian goes wild <laughs> it's x-rated can you imagine x-rated Kian? you get that on a friday it's it's crazy you he might. takes I'm, off his beanie and everything it's nuts. you might i'm <laughs> i'm under promising so people don't get uh their expectations too high but it's yeah it's fun definitely get in on the action patreon.com diego this is fun uh Always. Let's see you on the Salty Speak Post Thursday. Game Podcast. Yeah. All right, man. Yes, Take sir. care. Peace. You too, buddy. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.